Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Taking Care of Business podcast. I am Dan Trottencheck, your host. And um, I, I think this is a topic that bears uh, discussion more than once. And uh, if you talk to any retailer or anybody in the home improvement channel right now, the, the discussions around supply chain, what's going on, all the projects that are taking place, that is really kind of front and center. So today, as our guest, we have an individual who kind of is in the middle of all of that. Uh, our guest today is John Vanderpool, and he is the divisional president for True Value and General Paint Manufacturing. And John is gonna talk to us a little bit about paint, a little bit about what True Value does with paint, but also a little bit about how paint is being affected by some of the supply chain challenges and issues out there and the explosion in paint projects that's going on right now, as with all other home improvement projects. So uh, sit back, grab a cup of coffee. And after this word from our sponsors, we're going to be right back to talk to John Vanderpool. Just like you, your customers know hard work. They strike, pry, and demolish day in and day out. Fiskars Pro is instantly recognized by tradespeople and DIYers alike for tools that not only perform and last, but that reduce negative impact on the body. Tools that work for you. Case in point, the Fiskars Pro hammers featuring IsoCore, the industry's best shock control. Fiskars Pro hammers reduce strike shock and vibration by four times, allowing your customers to drive easier, strike more effectively, and work with less fatigue. Learn more about Fiskars Pro Hammers and the entire lineup of Fiskars Pro hardware at fiskars.com backslash pro. That's F-I-S-K-A-R-S dot com backslash P-R-O. John, uh, thank you so much for being on the program. Uh, I, I'm sure you're, you, you've been a pretty busy guy for the past year and a half. Welcome to the Taking Care of Business podcast. Well, thank you, Dan. Yes, it has been a busy time. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Well, we, we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. John, why don't you start out uh, by telling everybody a little bit about your role with True Value? And also, if you don't mind, maybe explain to us a little bit about True Value and its paint manufacturing business. Um, I kind of imagine that that some of our listeners really didn't know that True Value, which is known as a, a, a co-op distributor, is also in the business of making paint. Just, just kind of set the stage for us. Well, Dan, um, you know, I, I, as you mentioned, I'm the, the divisional president for True Value Manufacturing and General Paint Manufacturing. My my role really here is to to lead our our paint team and manufacturing team to to generate the you know the finest quality products for our retailers in the marketplace. Um, True Value has been making paint uh, really for several decades, and our, okay. we're located here in Cary, Illinois. We have a 610,000 square foot facility. So Dan, it's a it's a large facility. We have over 200 associates here. And, um, you know, I, I like to say that uh, it's unique in the sense that um, uh, we make latex paint, we make oil-based paint, we make aerosols, cleaning chemicals, and, and applicators. So we, we really have a unique factory here that can do a lot of things for our retailers. 
Yeah, and I know that, uh, like I said, I know that it's it's been something you guys have done for a while, but it's kind of like uh, um, not something that seems to really be talked about much. I mean, outside of you guys and outside of True Value, but the fact that that True Value actually makes its own paint, so it's interesting. And and you guys have been making a lot of paint certainly in the last in the last eighteen months. But before we get into into the rest of the discussion, I want to I want to mention something else is that, um, you know, running a manufacturing facility, you guys, like a lot of a lot of other manufacturers out there, uh, took a, qu- a quick little uh, uh, sideways turn during the pandemic. And you actually said, uh, you know, yeah, we got to we got to make some paint. But what else can we do to kind of help out uh, retailers and people in need? And, and, and so you did a little bit of a U-turn and you kind of retooled stuff and you started manufacturing hand sanitizer for a while. T- tell us about how, how that decision was made and and, and, and what happened there. Yes. Well, you know, our retailers and what we can do for our retailers and their community is front and center for us all the time. And, um, you know, I, I'll just tell you the, the story, Dan, on this hand sanitizer. My... Uh, my wife came home mid-March from work. She's a home infusion pharmacist. And uh, oh. we sat down for dinner and she said, the FDA just came out with an emergency order that uh, would allow pharma- pharmacies to, to make hand sanitizers. There's a big oh. need out there. And so she showed me this and I, I looked at it and, and uh, I said, you know what, Julie, I think tomorrow I'm going to contact the F- FDA and, and see if there's any reason we can't. There's a big yeah. need out there. So... I, I, I literally picked the phone up and called the FDA and believe it or not, got a hold of some people and learned a little bit more about what the emergency order was and and uh, was able to you know work with our R&D chemist here and uh, then circled up with, uh, with uh, our engineering team and our factory director and literally, Dan, um, within... Within 14 days, we had a our first uh, test batch of hand sanitizer coming off. I mean, we had to retool um, uh, our, our uh, one of our lines. Uh, our engineering team worked, you know, uh, about 10 days straight just trying to retool weekends and all to to retool yeah. this line. We had to spend quite a bit of time. What we'd call our uh, you know, our, our PSM, which is, you know, our performance safety management team had to make sure that we were doing things safe. That's of the utmost importance. And obviously you're dealing with alcohol here. So, you know, it's, you know, very flammable. So we had to, you know, do it the right way. And then within, within 30 days, we were actually producing the product and um, we had to go through an audit, had to make sure that we we're using the right, uh, right formula and, and, you know, there are a lot of things that came out about methanol and the raw materials. And, you know, our approach was we were going to make the highest quality product we could. And then, you know, I, I was driving to work one morning and I, I think, you know, Jean Nemi, our senior vice president of marketing communications. Sure. And she said, hey, John, you know, this is great. We're doing this with the hand sanitizer and getting it out in the marketplace, but we need to do more. And, and true story. She said, look, we've got to take care of our associates, our, our store uh, retailers associates, you know, they're, they're on the front line, they're deemed essential and we need to get product out to them immediately. So as a company, we made a decision to donate, um, hand sanitizer to all of our retailers. 
yeah. uh, to take care of their associates. Uh, obviously, without them, you know, we don't have anything and our retailers didn't have anything. Right. So so uh, we did that. We were able to get out uh, sam- you know, a, a, a case, four gallons of hand sanitizer to wow. over 4,000 retailers. And it just continued to build from there, Dan. And, uh, you know, as school, we, we took it a step further. You know, uh, some retailers reached out to us and says, you know, schools are going to get back in session or, you know, even part time. What can we do to help the school? So we went to the True Value Foundation, uh, who, who has our Boys and Girls Club and does a lot for local communities and, and said, hey, look, at how can we partner with you to get get some product into schools within these local communities yeah. with our retailers. And, and Dan, we came up with this program with the foundation called Educational Heroes. And our retailers picked 750 schools across the United States. And we put together hand sanitizer, soap, masks, gloves, and a package nice. for over 750 schools. And it was so rewarding to see the response back, you know, from yeah. these schools say thank you, you know. So, wow. uh, you know, we we just, we owe it to our retailers. We owe it to these communities. We've been around a long time. And without them, you know, we don't have much. Well, that's the first off. Thank you guys for, for, for doing that. I mean, I think uh, looking back, this is a time where so many organizations rose to the occasion and, and you guys are certainly uh, uh, part of that. So thank you for those efforts. And, uh, and you make it sound very easy and, and very, uh, very, uh, um, uh, you know, agile to be able to do it, but I'm sure that it wasn't quite that easy. So we definitely want to recognize and appreciate you guys efforts in that regard. Um, let's talk a little bit about the fact that that, that right now, it, it, you know, is undoubtedly an exciting time in the home improvement industry. You know, we're seeing record sales for the industry. Consumers continue to embrace investing in their homes like they never have before. The housing market is still, still strong. All, all signs point to these gains that we've seen over the last 18 months in home improvement sales really carrying forward for the near term and future. What does this mean on the paint side of the business? How's paint doing? And is paint along for that ride as well? And what are you seeing? Yeah, Dan, the whole industry has been very fortunate, you know. Um, And of course, we're in this. uh, With with, uh, the home improvement um, growing the way it is, our retailers and the whole industry has done very, very well. And Paint being number one or number two category right. in a hardware store, um, you, you know, we've seen tremendous growth as as well as, you know, again, the whole industry. But, uh, you know, we, we are positioned, we've positioned our retailers well, owning this factory, we've been able to respond quickly to their needs. Um, you know, we, we basically have one channel of distribution and it's the, you know, it, it's really our hardware stores, yeah. the retailers. And so, We've been very, very fortunate, and um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel this housing boom is going to continue. You know, just a, right. a personal story. I mean, my my youngest son is in the process of buying a house. I can't believe what he's gone through. He's made offers on two or three different homes and finally landed one. But you know, he's thinking about here's a 26 year old kid thinking about what am I going to paint my house, and you know, I need new things. And he's obviously going to go to the local hardware store, right? And, and, and get yeah. these. 
So it's exciting to see this. Well, it, you know, it's funny and, uh, to, to mirror your personal story. Uh, this week was marked the one year anniversary that our youngest daughter and her husband bought a house. I mean, they bought they, they started looking right after the first of the year last year. So right in the thick of, you know, kind of covid coming down. And um, and much like your son, they made multiple offers on houses and the housing market was so hot, they were making above price offers and couldn't get anything to stick. And finally, uh, they were able to, at the beginning of April, they, they, they got the house that they wanted and they closed on May 1st. And, and, and in fact, right before we started, my son-in-law uh, texted me and said, uh, can I borrow your chainsaw today? <laughs> so so they continue. here they are a year later, still working on their house, still doing improvements, still, we, we were just over there painting a couple weeks ago. So, so all this activity, and I mean, I think everybody's probably got those kind of anecdotal stories saying, yeah, I know home improvement activity, not let alone what we've done on our own house, um, it, it is really kind of uh, strong right now. And, and that's great. That's great for the industry. But it also is not without its share of challenges. So let's yeah. let's talk about that for a second. All of this activity um, combined with some of the difficulties on the supply side, whether that's boats getting stuck in the Suez Canal, raw materials being under kind of uh, 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 pressure, um, unprecedented ice storms in the South, all of this stuff that's put more and more pressure on the supply chain. How is that kind of translating on the paint side of the business? And how is that affecting you guys right now and your ability to manufacture and supply paint? And also, if you don't mind, John, what do you see kind of on that supply side out over the next 60, 90 days? How do you see that changing, if at all? Well, the timing for our conversation is good, Dan, because I actually met with most of our major suppliers this week, major oh, vendors, okay. raw materials. And, you know, we, we are excited about the growth. We're excited, you know, for our retailers. But it doesn't come without stress, to your point. I mean, the raw material situation coming into 2021 because of the demand, there are already shortages on raw materials. And then, you know, we had this this unique storm, frankly, Storm Uri in, in, in Texas yeah. and wiped out, you know, what is it, 38 uh, different refineries that put a real crunch uh, on, on resins. And, uh, and then unfortunately, you know, we've had one um, large uh, supplier also have a catastrophic event, you know, and had to shut down their facility. So the industry from a raw material standpoint, just raw materials without supply chain yet is, is really in a tough spot. Um, you know, it, it's like, you know, one of the suppliers said to me this week, John, look at, it's like this for us. We can make a 10,000 batch of monomers for polymers for a resin, but we can't get a gallon of the active ingredient to create the, 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 the reaction to, to, to actually make the polymer. And, you know, that's how we are here. We have a good supply of raw materials, but we don't have if we have 10, if you need 10 raw materials to make a gallon of paint, we may have eight or nine. <laughs> you can't make a gallon of paint without all 10 raw materials. So yeah. that part of it has been challenging. The other part is the supply chain, just getting the product. So a few suppliers mentioned this week, hey, we have product. It's just a matter of getting the trucks to you, getting these right. tankers to you. And I'm hearing all kinds of numbers from our supply chain, like there's, you know, 
eight to 10 different uh, truckloads for every driver out there. And um, so it, it's, you, you know, look at, you know, just brutally honest, we, we have a good planning system here in our operation. We pride ourselves in that. But, but Dan, that, that, that planning is out the window. We're, we're doing hourly and daily planning right now and trying to, um, you, you know, make the right decisions for our retailers on what product. So far, we've been very fortunate. We haven't had to ration anything with our retailers. But looking out, I actually thought we were going to be out of the woods here in 60 days, but I, 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 it, it's going to be bumpy for nine months after talking to the suppliers. It, it's it, it's not a 60-day thing. It's not a 90-day thing. It's a, it's a several month into probably next year. Yeah, I think, you know, some of the retailer groups I talk to and retailers I talk to, I think they're resigning themselves to the fact that, you know, one, we're going into the height of the season for everything, home improvement, and and that's not going to help with demand, but that this is an issue that's probably going to persist, and not just on the paint side, on the supply side in general, going to persist well into the fall, if not through the balance of the of the year, just for all the reasons you mentioned. I mean, you know, to, to overuse an overused phrase, I mean, we had the perfect storm. I, I mean, but I will say, that most retailers also, after saying that, say, well, you know, but business is still really good, so it's kind of hard to complain. I understand that, you know, it makes it challenging to deal with the, deal with the, um, uh, you, you know, trying to manage inventory and all that kind of stuff. But, but in some ways, it's, it's not a bad problem to have because sales are up 25, 35%. Um, and, and they, they take that right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, look at what we want to do is be as transparent and communicate as well as we can with our retailers. So they know what to expect. And it's certainly not perfect, but we have upped our game and, yeah. Look, at, we want our retailers to win in the marketplace every day. And, and so we're trying to help them do that. Well, you, you know, and and despite the challenges and despite, you know, the talk that's dominated everything for the last year and a half, the world keeps turning and projects that we just talked about, projects keep going on. So let's shift for a second and talk a little bit about what's going on in paint and coatings, just regular old trend wise, not supply yeah. chain problem wise. But what are some of the trends? I mean, you have a lot of experience in this industry. So what are the kind of hot trends in paint and all that that you're seeing right now? Colors, finishes, yeah. all that. Well, you, you know, it's interesting, Dan. The number one call or question that we get here is starting in November and December of any given year is what's going to be the color of the year, John? Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. so, you know, like all companies, we actually, uh, uh, you know, work with, um, you know, color designers and, and, and spend time in thinking through the trends and things like that. And, and you know, um, grays are still in. There's yeah, no okay. question about that. I think we see that in, you know, and they're including cars, which are sometimes leading in terms of yeah. color selection. Uh, but I will tell you that there's also a shift going on from, from different hues of grays into the, the blues. And I'll oh. tell you the reason why that's happening, kind of the bluish grays, the bluish greens. Um, we actually, our color of the year for 2021 is called Storm's End, believe it or not. It's, it's a, kind of a bluish gray. <laughs> it's a bluish gray. And um, we didn't create that name. That was actually a name that was already in our color selection. But, you know, the, these blue grays, you know, they, they bring kind of refreshing 
You know, they, yeah. they bring kind of tranquility to the, and that's what, I think that's what means something to end users. As more people are buying homes, as, as our children are buying homes, yeah. color is super important to them. But they want, you know, they want something to be settling. It's been an un you know, it's been an unprecedented time that we're all living in. Yeah. So color's important. You're spending a lot of time in your home. Yeah. And so people want comfort. And um, so so those that color trend, I think you're going to continue to see the grays for a while. But I think you're going to see more blues coming in, a little bit more greens coming into the equation as well. Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it's a good point. And, you know, we always used to say, and I was, I was talking to a group here recently and saying that, you know, when you talk about paint anymore, I mean, there's the technical side, but it's also about creating a, a feeling and creating an atmosphere more so than, you know, when, when I would help my dad paint when I was a kid, it was like, do you want white or off-white? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're right. You're right, Dan. You're right. Um, so color is so important. It really affects our, our moods throughout the day and so on and so forth. From a sheen standpoint, Dan, I don't see much changing right now on, okay. on the sheens. I mean, you know, we have five different sheens ranging from flat all the way up to semi-gloss. Most companies do right now. And I, I don't see that changing. What I do see changing, and you're seeing this in advertising right now, is there's a really big push to have high-performing, scrubbability products yeah. out there. Yeah. As more people are painting uh, this housing boom, people want to clean their walls. They want to scrub them. They want to make sure that that paint is going to perform well. And so you're seeing that in the marketplace, that those attributes to make sure that you can scrub your paint well. Yeah, you know, that's a, and now that you've mentioned that, there's some brands out there that are, you know, advertising their, their, you know, that kind of scrubbability and durability. And when you think about it, it makes so much sense because now more kids are at home to scuff the walls. You know, more people are concerned with disinfecting and cleaning their homes. Yes. And part of that is washing down and wiping that's down right. the walls and making sure that the, the paint stays put. So so that's that's a that's a very interesting trend that I hadn't thought about at this point. So it's that that's you know, you have more people at home, you have more children at home, and also, you know, animals. Um yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of families have you know have got dogs and cats and, and, you know, helping round out their family a bit more. And obviously you need to make sure you have good coatings in your home when you have all those different elements. Well, as a home with two dogs that uh, 75 pound Alaskan Husky and a 90 pound hound dog, I, I understand <laughs> that, that anything below three feet, you need to probably paint more uh, more frequently, <laughs> a little bit more care to it. Just, uh, just a kind of a side note on, on uh, something that you'll start seeing coming out over the next, uh, you know, a couple of years from a trend standpoint, it's a bit more on the industrial side of the business. But when we think about cars and cars becoming smart and kind of almost driving themselves or certainly, you know, striping paint is super important. Oh, okay. And there's a lot of technology going into striping paint and working with, uh, you know, auto, automobile manufacturers to, to, to you know, there, there's definitely a big effort going in there and, and um there's a lot of technology, believe it or not, in, in striping paint. 
well, there's, there's, there's what I learned, the more I talk to people is there's a lot of technology involved in a lot of things that you don't realize how much thought science and technology go into, go into creating it. Um, one thing that I, I wanted to touch on too, is, as I know you and I have talked several times in the past, John, and, and I know you're probably aware of it, but, but last year, uh, NHPA, uh, which at the time was NRHA, uh, National Retail Hardware Association, uh, we expanded our membership to include paint and decorating retailers and became the North American Hardware and Paint Association. And one of the reasons that this kind of uh, expansion made so much sense for our organization is that paint and decorating independent retailers and home improvement independent retailers have so much in common. And when we first discussed this with our board of directors about expanding it, they were really excited and said, oh my gosh, we can learn so much from each other. And you guys at, at True Value really kind of have a foot in both those areas too, with the paint manufacturing side of the business and the whole home improvement <laughs> distribution side of the business. What do you, I, I'm curious to think, what do you see that you think that paint and hardware retailers can kind of learn from one another? Well, you know, Dan, uh, just like you, um, the independent is near and dear to, to, to my uh, heart and career. Uh, <laughs> you know, whether it be the paint store, the independent paint store, or the independent hardware store. And I, I see a, I, I was thrilled when I saw the, uh, the merger and uh, it makes so much sense. Let me tell you why I think it makes sense. Um, first of all, we already mentioned, you know, paint is key to a hardware store, right? I mean, it, it really is. It's a core, uh, it's a core item in a, in a hardware store. On the paint and decorating side of the business, there is a need for, for paint stores to expand their offering to include convenience hardware. Yeah. You know that, you know, you and I, we go into the store, we're thinking about paint, but there's other things. You're going to need switch plates. You might need a fan. You might need some cleaning supplies, um, uh, so on and so forth, some general tools. And so I think that there's, you know, we've seen, I'll take, I'll give you a, a real live example, you know, Spectrum Paint, uh, Tulsa, oh, sure. Oklahoma, you know, yeah. you know, Travis, and one of the, you know, the largest uh, paint independent uh, retailer in, in North America. I mean, he, he, not only is he starting to think about hardware in his paint stores, he opened up a hardware store focusing on paint. So sure. I mean, yeah. Internally here, what I've been talking about, and and you know, we haven't gone out with this, but you know, it's really about paint plus hardware. You know, how can we help these independent retailers expand the basket, expand their sale, expand their margin, and keep that customer, you know, in their store for all the items that they need relative to the project. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I've heard a lot of that same discussion, John, as we've gotten more paint and decorating retailers together with traditional kind of home improvement retailers. On the one side, the paint guys will say, uh, you know, listen, you guys sell paint in a hardware store, but you don't really know how to sell paint. Yeah. You know, and the hardware guys will say exactly what you're saying is that, you know, you walk into the paint store and then the guy after the guy shops with you, he's got to come, come over to me to get the rest of the stuff he needs. So so uh, it, it, for all those reasons, like I said, it just made so much sense for us when we saw these two groups that were really eager. And, and really, when you talk about it, their competition isn't with each other. They, in fact, I, I've seen no. paint stores that share a parking lot with a hardware yes. store and they work well yes. together. 
but but it's really with the big boxes and then ultimately you know the 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 specter of something like an amazon down the road but but so getting those independent dealers together we said you know i, I think our chairman of the board had said uh, we have our dna is so much more similar than it is different you know we share that 99.9 percent of our dna and our businesses is the same and so so yeah. it's it's certainly good to hear from you that you guys kind of see it that same way and it opens up opportunities for everyone it sure does. Uh, you know, look at, I mean, these are retailers that are hyper local, super focused on their communities. And whether it's the hardware store, the local paint decorating store, the, the, the DNA, as you said, is, is basically the same. Yeah. Well, talking about opportunity and, 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 and uh, obviously, you know, retailers have seen sales increase in the last 18 months. But as we all know, sales increase doesn't necessarily translate to profitability increase. But let me ask you the question. You've seen a lot. You help a lot of retailers. What advice would you give to retailers on the paint side of the business? Anybody, hardware stores, paint dealers selling paint. What can they do to kind of increase their 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 paint and sundry sales? What are what are the, the John Vanderpool secrets of success? <laughs> uh, I don't know that I have secrets to success, Dan, but I'll tell you what I think is really important. One, continue to stick to your core. Yeah. Continue to think about in your core, how can you do some expanding that makes sense? Yeah. Don't chase those shiny objects. Let's stay <laughs> to your core. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Stay super focused on your end user. Listen to them. There are times are changing. People, a lot, a lot of different people buying homes, a lot of different needs for yeah. different home improvements. Figure that out. And make sure all of your associates are trained. Spend and invest in training. Because that's really the, what separates you. Being part of that community, having trained associates that you know what you're talking about when that customer comes in, that's going to win. You know, we don't well, have to win big. We, we need to win by one run, an extra goal here or there, you know. But we need to win. And to me, having trained people having great products um, and staying super focused on that end user, that that's winning. I, I don't know the secret. It's really about the implementation of that. You know, we always say, John, I, 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 I love to hear that from you because what we always say is, you know, champions are all about learning blocking and tackling. I, I mean, it's not it's not necessarily the glamorous stuff. It's not the the crazy plays you're drawing up. It's how do you do the blocking and tackling right? And that's how you can win your championship. And, and, and that sounds like exactly what you're saying is stay in your lane, but know it really well. Make sure your people know it really well and offer a good quality product. Doesn't you know? It's not it's not headline grabbing stuff, but that's what makes the winners out there. Yeah, it, it yeah. really does. Our, you know, our CEO Chris Kempe is always challenging us, saying, hey, "How is that going to make the customer feel? How is our retailer going to think about that?" And you know, it, it, we've heard these words before, but it does make you step back a little bit. Say, "Hmm, if it's not really going to help them in some meaningful way, then." maybe we shouldn't be doing it, or maybe we ought to be thinking about what will make a difference with them. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny you say that just so much in common that, uh, we, for a long time, our, our editor, longtime editor of hardware retailing magazine had a sign up in his office that he passed along to someone else. And it said, basically when you're sitting down to write a story for the magazine, who are you writing for and how are you going to help them to ask mm -hmm. yourself those questions? And that's exactly what it sounds like you guys are doing is saying, 
who are we working for? We know who we're working for, but what are we going to do to help them? So in, in that vein, and I swear Chris didn't pass this question along for me to ask to you, but can you share a little bit with us kind of strategically about where true value is headed in the paint category in the near future? What's what's on your to-do list for the next six to eight months? Yeah, Dan, Dan you know, um, I'm going to go back to what I just said. We are going to stick to our core in paint. Okay. And our core means that we're going to be providing outstanding customer service and high-quality products. Let me just touch on, um, on, on the quality products. We have invested heavily. We're going to continue to invest heavily. We, we believe, uh, you know, when I say heavily, that, that uh, providing a product that is good for the home, good for the family, and good for the environment is core to us. We're going to yeah. continue to do that. It's a moving target, and we're going to keep going after it. From a customer experience standpoint, we need to make sure, even in these tough times that we have the product for them, hey, if we can't get them a five right now, can we get them five singles? Yeah. Um, you know, how, do we, how do we make sure that in these tough times, because that's what the retailer is going to remember and the consumer, right? Everyone knows we're struggling. So how can we help them? And that's what we're working on day in and day out here. The next thing is we have to make sure that we're efficient okay. because, you know, we're in this cost of inflation that's I've never seen anything like it. And uh, so we need to do everything and be mindful of every move we make in this factory from, you know, ordering product, what we pay for it, to making the product, to shipping the product, to, uh, how we market and advertise it. You know, we have to be efficient. And. Uh, and if that all works, I think that not only are we going to have profitable growth for, for true value, our retailers are going to have profitable growth for a long time. And, you know, I, I, I keep telling our team here, look, it, we are going to win every day here. Every day we're going to at least try to win. There might be a few days we don't win, but we don't need to win big every day. We need to win by one goal, one run, you know, an extra hit <laughs> here or there. That's what we need to do now. Yeah. So. It's all the blocking that, and tackling again. <laughs> we're doing the blocking and the tackling. We're not going to veer off. Well, look, we're going to be opportunistic when opportunities come up. You know, you know, putting, you know, working with Travis and getting product into his, you know, 82, 83 stores was a, a big win for our organization. But it's an independent, right? You know, to your point and what you guys are doing. And we're going to continue to do those things, Dan. Fantastic. John, well, I, you got a lot of stuff going on. You guys are doing a lot of things, making a lot of happen, and you're working on those wins. Um, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to talk to me and talk to our audience. Um, we'd love to have you back in a little while and get regular updates from you on how things are going. Uh, um, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, paint is right up there. Paint, lawn and garden, top categories and hardware stores. And now, you know, we, we're, we're on that paint side, too. So real important topic uh, going on and, 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 and so much going on in the industry. We thank you for your time today, John. Well, thanks, Dan. Thanks for including me. Uh, stay well and best wishes. Thanks. Same to you. Today's retail market is rapidly changing. This year, gain the skills you need to grow your business and learn how to make a profit-focused strategy for the future. The NHPA Retail Management Certification Program will provide you with college-level training on everything from business strategy and financial management to marketing, merchandising, operations, and more. Classes are taught by successful retailers, industry experts, and collegiate professors. Don't wait. Classes start soon. 
Apply by July 1st to start your certification. Scholarships are also available. Learn more and apply today at yournhpa.org backslash rmcp.